0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, What kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more
1: to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. Today's been an interesting day. Mostly because we had the Sabres general manager speaking, and that takes over. That takes precedent. I was ready to draft Chicken Parm in a meal draft, but instead, we've got lots from Kevin Adams in today's Zoom call with the Buffalo media, his first meeting with the media in weeks, and finally, a breath of fresh air. For me, I didn't love everything in it, and I don't believe everything in it, but Kevin Adams today, just for me to hear another voice from the organization that isn't Ralph Krueger and dejected players that, for the most part, have been through this over and over and over again, uh, to have another voice in the room was nice to have today, and... There would be a lot to dive into on that Zoom call press conference from earlier today from the Sabres GM. You can react to it at 716 803 0550, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports. Just Jody DiBiase flying solo today, no Brendan Keeney tonight. Uh, so it's just me and you for the next hour. And what is happening with this hockey team, what we heard from the GM today to me, was a very strong message that I didn't know, I didn't anticipate. Everything we've been talking about and hearing about the way this, this, this organization is structured, it would have led you to believe that Ralph Kruger is the most powerful man in the hockey department. He, Honestly, his resume makes him more qualified for Kevin Adams' job than Kevin Adams' is. But, of course, no one wants to see that at the moment. Um, But that would leave you to wonder, is he the guy in charge? Especially when the football team, that's how it is constructed. Where most would believe Sean McDermott has the final say on the football operations side of things for the Buffalo Bills. Well, how about over on the Sabre side? Is it the same setup? Is it the coach up top? A guy who has plenty of experience as an executive, Not just no in soccer, but in hockey, too. Yes, he was the chairman of Southampton in the English Premier League, but he was a special advisor for Hockey Canada at the Olympics. He worked as a scout for the Carolina Hurricanes, and he worked upstairs in Team Switzerland during his 12-year course there as head coach. He also worked upstairs. So you've got a lot of executive experience from Ralph Kruger. You have some executive experience from Kevin Adams, but it's not really directly related to hockey operations. All of that has always led you to believe that Kruger's the guy. Who knows if Kevin Adams even has the authority to fire Ralph Kruger. Today, Adams says he does. He says he is in charge of the hockey department. He's the man up top. And I I want to believe him. But I can't say definitively that I do. Bullog made some great points a couple of hours ago on this, right after it wrapped up. I'll believe it when I see it, that Kevin Adams has the authority to fire Ralph Kruger, Because it did sound today a lot like he is fed up. He's done. I, I mean, I'm probably reading way too much into it. But you listen to his answers, and as he's defending the idea that Kruger is still the head coach, it felt like after every sentence, he's like, like he just didn't want to be sitting there defending the head coach. He did it to an extent, but a lot of the things that he criticized this team for and blamed this team for, for why they are in dead last in the NHL in points, are things that are controlled by the head coach. And, again, maybe reading too much into it, you could point to some things that would even contradict things that Ralph Krueger has said. Kevin Adams today said, quote, I will never, ever have a team that makes excuses. Focus on what you control. That's it. Confidence can build from that. I will not ever tolerate Excuses, COVID, injuries, etc. All other teams in the NHL are dealing with those as well, and that comes less than twenty-four hours after Ralph Kruger pinned a poor game from Rasmus Ristolainen on his recovery from COVID, and in the first place, you could criticize the idea that Ristolainen's on the ice at all—days, a week. After dealing with COVID-19 and experiencing strong symptoms. But then to go ahead and blame that as the reason why he struggled a little bit. And then the next day the GM says, I'm not tolerating any excuses. That to me does not bode well for what this GM thinks of the head coach. I don't think that bodes well for Ralph Kruger. There are... Other things he said about the systems. Kevin Adams said, all systems have worked in this league. Defensive, very offensive, somewhere in between. The key is when everyone is buying in. I see a team sometimes that is caught in between systems. That is something we need to improve on. That also sounds to me like something that is controlled by the head coach. I think the data would back this up. We give up too many grade A scoring chances. We're not creating enough grade A scoring chances. That means we're not showing enough hunger to get to the net. That could be pinned on the coach. He's not getting the players motivated enough to go to the dirty areas to score goals. To go to the areas where goals are scored, which is the middle of the ice. Go look at the heat map of scoring chances from last night's game between the Sabres and Islanders. It's a joke. It's literally a joke. The Sabres have a clown smiley face with the space in between the eyes being right in front of the net. And there's the Islanders, and it is just red. Red meaning that's where most of their scoring chances are coming from, and it's right in front of Jonas Johansson. Polar opposites. You have a team on one side, the Islanders, that is buying in to a system that Barry Trotz has created Criticize it for what it is. Maybe it does limit and cap them for what they can do long-term, what they can do in terms of winning big. But it works. It works. And on the other side, Kruger has a system that, one, the GM doesn't think the players are buying in, and two, it doesn't fit what your roster construct is in the first place. How is that happening? How is that happening? Adam said some on on five-on-five as well. The three biggest areas we focused on in the offseason were five-on-five scoring, special teams, and character. Our five-on-five scoring hasn't been good enough, period. Character only gets you so far if you don't have the production coming with it. That was the sentiment that I felt throughout Adam's press conference. He was pointing out issues on the team that we've all been seeing. And that to me is why I would describe today as a breath of fresh air. I appreciated that Kevin Adams would go a step further than the coach would to explain what is happening. Because if you ask the head coach, all he's going to tell you is that the team has a confidence issue. That's it. You won't hear another word. other than, Maybe you'll hear him say they're getting unlucky. But he'll say it's a confidence issue. And here's Kevin Adams telling you what's going wrong. They're not getting five-on-five production. They're not 100% buying into the system. And they're not playing with enough competitiveness and passion. You know what? You can translate that as a shot at the players. Who cares? That's what accountability is, isn't it? All these management types always talk, and coaches always talk about accountability. But how often will they ever hold their players to that same standard? Not just behind closed doors, closed doors, but to everybody. Because that, to me, is also accountability. At least admit what the problems are. Adams did that today. But I also don't, again, fully believe him that he has full authority to fire Ralph Kruger. Because I, I don't know how it wouldn't have happened already. The only defense left for why Ralph Krueger is still the head coach is money. What 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 else is there? What other defense is there? There's not continuity. Adams, by the way, nailed that question today. Basically saying continuity only works if it's the right people in charge. Yeah. Have you ever hear anybody talk about continuity as a reason for some why someone should stay. Have them answer to you why you think they're the right person to keep going forward with. Why? Other than, well, we just don't want to keep changing things. You keep changing things until you have the right people in place. You have a significant enough sample size to know that this coach is not that person. He doesn't know how to utilize his players to their strengths. He, his most hockey experience comes as the head coach of Team Switzerland. That's how this team operates. That's how he coaches them. As if they're playing Canada. As if they're always the second most talented team on the ice. That's coaching scared. And that's not the type of group you have. You have scorers. You have elite players up top. You have puck carriers. You have speed. Use it. You don't have to be like the Islanders. Jack Eichel is capable of winning a Hart Trophy. Taylor Hall is capable of winning a Hart Trophy. Jeff Skinner is capable of 40 goals. Sam Reinhardt is capable of being a 70-point player in the league. Rasmus Dahlin has the talent to be a Norris-level defenseman. How many of those guys, those top offensive talents in the on the team. Are are you getting the most out of right now? How many of those guys? One? Is it just Reinhardt? I think that's got to be it. Between Skinner, Eichel, and Hall, you have the constructs of what the future of this team should look like. Skinner's under contract, so he's not going anywhere. He's a part of the future. You want to keep Jack Eichel at all costs. You want to make him... the captain of this team, at all costs. And Taylor Hall is the type of talent that you should want to make that work and get him on a long-term deal. And for those three players to have a combined four goals through more than 20 games of the season, that is fireable on its own. When you have an entire line worth... Of the most important players right now in the organization. And they are all at rock bottom. That is fireable alone. And I don't even need to go to the record for that. Are you getting the most out of Jack Eichel, Jeff Skinner, Taylor Hall, and Rasmus Dahlin? If the answer is no, I have the wrong head coach. So what are they waiting for? What are they waiting for? Maybe it is one of two things. Maybe it is all a money-driven decision. They don't want to pay Kruger to go away. They don't want to pay Ralph Kruger and then pay another head coach. That's feasible. That's possible. It also, I guess it could be this. I think it's crazy if this is the reason. But as Paul was laying out earlier, maybe they don't like the options they have to come replace Kruger. That, to me, is where I lose them, the Sabres. If that is the reason why you haven't fired Ralph Kruger yet, I mean, come on. Know how the league works. If you know he's the wrong guy, you don't let him coach the team for a day more. It's over the moment you decide he's the wrong coach. And I don't care who's available. If you don't like Bruce Boudreaux, if you don't like Claude Julien, if you don't like Gerard Gallant, if you don't like Mike Keenan, I don't care who it is. If you don't see a guy out there that you like and you think you have the wrong coach, you still fire the head coach. You still do it. Because he could be he could be doing irreparable damage to these players and this team. You only have so much time with this captain, with Jack Eichel. Before things really go nuclear. We're all waiting for that. And it sucks that we're just basically stuck in a holding pattern. And we're all terrified of that day. That It's like it's like a countdown clock. And we're trying to save it. But you're just getting no closer. Anytime you try. And it's getting closer and closer to zero. Today's not that day. Kevin Adams said he's not asked for a trade. And again, I have floated this possibility before. I don't know this. But maybe he'll never ask for a trade. That's possible. Eichel just might not be the type of guy behind closed doors that would ever do that. That's possible. Everyone assumes he'll ask to be traded eventually because it's human nature. That a majority of competitors like this would want a trade. By the way, would we also not think it's... a some fans would think this. I wouldn't. But are there some fans that would think it's a reg, red flag that he doesn't ask for a trade? Is is that possible? Because if you spin it the other way, it's, well, we all want Eichel to be this competitive freak. Like he has been in the past. Like go read what his workout routine has been in the NHL. It's like, oh my gosh, this guy, he's watching Michael Jordan documentaries. And he's he's working his ass off before games every single day. It's like, this is a guy that is driven to win. And if he doesn't ask for a trade, is that not a red flag? I guess he could love the city that much. He could love the coach that much. He could love his teammates that much. He could love Sam Reinhart that much. But how does that guy not want out? How? If you are that competitive, if if your hero is Michael Jordan... I'm not saying Michael's hero is Michael Jordan, but he's spoken about his competitiveness in the past. If you're if you're talking about Michael Jordan, and you're settling for this situation, even though you're under contract, that could be a red flag on its own. I hope I hope though that that day never comes again, that they figure it out. But to me, they will never they will not take another step towards figuring it out until Kruger is not behind that bench. Steve Smith, Seth Appert, I don't care. Kevin Adams, you put someone else behind the bench on an interim basis and you wait for the right man. I can't believe they don't think that's Bruce Boudreau, though. Just the style of coach he is. It just fits perfectly for what you have to get the most out of your offensive talent. That's what you need to do. 8030550 is the phone number. We'll take some calls when we come back on what Kevin Adams had to say today and we'll look at the rest of the roster. Because I do want to look ahead to the offseason. It's it's March. This is this is this is the cycle. Even though the season began in January, we are on to thinking about the next year and what the offseason could hold. Other things Adams said today that might indicate Um, they're not going to make as many changes, at least some positions, as we might hope. We'll talk about that when we come back as well. On the nightcap, Jody DiBiase here on WGR.
2: In terms of Jack, you know, I said it in the offseason, step one was going to be for me to begin to get to know Jack, for Jack to get to know me on a personal level, which we've done. We have open communication. No, he has not asked for a trade, and... Jack is uh, someone that I've bounced things off of. He's talked to me, and we have an open dialogue.
1: Sabres General Manager Kevin Adams speaking with the media earlier today. You can find that in full on demand at WGR550.com and the radio.com app. Kind of, it's an interesting question, isn't it? I feel like Eichel. We all focus on that clip. Everyone focusing on that clip right now is only pointing to, well, Kevin Adams is confirming Jack Eichel has not asked for a trade. That, of course, is the big news in that 20-second soundbite. That this thing we've all been terrified of to happen has not happened yet. But listen to something else he says in there.
2: Step one was going to be for me to begin to get to know Jack. For Jack to get to know me on a personal level, which we've done, we have open communication. No, he has not asked for a trade, and Jack is uh, someone that I've bounced things off of. He's talked to me, and we have an open dialogue.
1: Okay, that right there at the end. Adam says, Jack is someone I've bounced some things off of. I don't, that could mean anything. Honestly, that could mean anything. But I wonder if that means roster decisions. If that means Krueger Adams at some point has had a decision to make, maybe going back even into the offseason. And, you know, he's got to wonder do I want to bring Eric Stalin to play second line center? Is that something he'll shoot Jack Eichel a text or a call and be like, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this idea? Or before they sign Taylor Hall. Hall might be the type of magnitude where, of course, they would have done that. Um, but it's like, hey, we're, we're close to signing Taylor Hall. What do you think? Is this a style of player you think you'd fit with? He wants to play with you. We want to make sure that's okay with you. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like Eichel should have input in the front office. That is where it's not quite reached hockey, but that is something that is growing throughout sports. Players are recognizing the power they have. And they are using it in ways they never have before in the old in the old you know system coaches a lot of times by the way would be making more money coaches would have the power but now a lot of times I think these star players should and this is again happening in other sports not quite hockey those star players should be thought of in the organization higher than the coaches the coaches are dispendable they are very easy to replace. You've got, you think you've got a great coach? The Islanders right now. Maybe they're a bad example because of Barry Trotz. Uh, but how about the, the Penguins? Mike Sullivan. They move on from Mike Sullivan tomorrow. Everyone thinks Mike Sullivan's a really good coach. He's won a Stanley Cup. They fire Mike Sullivan tomorrow and bring in Bruce Boudreaux. How different are the Pittsburgh Penguins? Now take Sidney Crosby off their line. Or off, his, off that team. And replace him with replacement level. Evan Rodriguez, maybe. Is there. Replace him with Erod. What's the difference on the Pittsburgh Penguins? They go from right now, playoff contender, to maybe the worst team in hockey. Jack Eichel should have say in this organization to me. And in the NBA, LeBron always is involved in the front office. They win championships in football, star quarterbacks Tom Brady will have a say in the front office and who they acquire. Seems to work pretty well for him. Did I just do uh, did I just compare Jack Eichel to LeBron James and Tom Brady? I guess I just did. I don't love that, but you get the where I'm going with the point. If you have a player that is integral to your organization and is under contract to be with you for the long term. And added on top of that in this specific situation if you have questions about how much he wants to be here giving him bouncing things off him before you do things is a good way to keep him happy. Before you trade Brandon Montour be like what's your opinion of this? We could get a late first-round pick right now for Brandon Montour. That probably means we're giving up on the season. Jack, what do you think? Doesn't have to go further than that. You don't have to let him dictate what you do, but it's giving him some say in the matter. To me, today, he is the most important figure in the organization by far. Not even close. Rasmus Dahlin maybe would be actually as close as you would get second place. But... Eichel number one, more important than the GM, more important than the coach certainly, more important than any other player. Why shouldn't he have some influence? Especially if it would help him keep, help keep him happy. And I think Adams just gave you a little window there to maybe that is something that is already happening. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. What did you think about Kevin Adams' press conference earlier today? Let me know. And let's go to the phone lines now. Let's start with Spencer. You're first up in the nightcap. What's up, Spencer?
3: Hey, what's going on man? Um all right, so honestly, I I had a totally different thing to say. Um, go ahead, go ahead. But after what you just said, I kinda wanna almost be uh, sort of like a maybe like a devil's advocate. But uh so what you're saying is, you know, Eichel has a say in uh in the room like upper management style. Which I believe I believe he certainly does. Um And, well, to an extent. But here's my, I guess, uh, out-of-the-box question. What if Eichel doesn't like Skinner? I mean, during the end of Skinner's uh, first year here, when he had an unreal season, you know, Eichel was feeding him, you know, just goal after goal or helping, you know, being a part of that. And I feel like all of the attention became on Skinner. So... And then during the end of the season, it kind of seemed like Jack was holding the puck a little bit more, you know, this, that, and the other. And like I said, you know, this is out of left field for you, man. But uh, just trying to spark up a little conversation, and uh, I'll hang up and listen, unless uh, unless you want me to rebuttal afterward.
1: No, no, you're, you're good, man. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I... I'm just I'm I'm all in on the cycle idea right now. I'm sorry, like I'm I'm almost sidetracked by that. Like he has say in the organization because that is going to be polarizing for the sport. Thank you for the call, though, Spencer. Uh, let's go to Jason. You're on the nightcap. What's up, Jason? Hey,
0: how's it going tonight? Good. Um, my my thought was with uh, when you were talking earlier about Kruger. Uh, yep. You know, you're, they're worried about firing, possibly firing him or, you know, keeping him on just because of a money thing for $4 million a year. You know, sort of like uh, like a buyout. I mean, that's something they weren't willing to do with an uh, Oposo. I mean, you know, you're wasting this money on Skinner getting no production out of him. Basically, well, no production out of Hull for $8 million. There's a lot of money that's being spent on the team. I mean, Kruger is a part of the team, so to speak. If you want your players to be worth more come trade deadline, you you would go first with changing the coach, say, to get more, get your players more active, more points, get them playing better. I mean, if that's the route that these guys are going to go, you didn't talk about it, but blowing up the team or doing whatever, you got to get these players' values up. And if they're down low where they are right now, who's going to want any of these? You know what I mean? Any of these guys, you're you're going to lose in the long run. And, I just think it starts with the coach. You got to get rid of the coach, and you got to start there.
1: Thanks for the call, Jason. I couldn't agree more. Um, They've shown some commitment, too, that they will still spend money to try to win. They did it with Taylor Hall. We were all thinking about and hearing about an internal salary cap for this team going into the season. And then they gave out the big contract to Taylor Hall. They gave him more money than anybody else was willing to give him because they were trying to win. So... They've shown some commitment that they will still spend money to try to fix things. And if that means firing the head coach, well, are we going to be consistent? Because to me, that makes, I mean, Hall, I guess you lose. Yesterday, I was thinking Kruger was safe because we were hearing more and more about Taylor Hall and there might still be mutual interest between the two sides on a long-term deal. I think Hall and Kruger might be a package deal. Hall is not here unless Ralph Krueger is the head coach. He's not. Krueger ran that meeting. We saw it in the Beyond Blue and Gold series that the Sabres let out. And we all assumed it even before that, that Hall has spe- spoken glowingly about Ralph Kruger in the past on other teams. And Kruger's back in the NHL. First opportunity Hall has in the open market, and he chooses Buffalo because they have Ralph Kruger as the head coach. the money, too, obviously. But that was a dis- that was. A a decisive factor in why he's here. I mean, I'm okay with this, but maybe the Sabres are also weighing saying goodbye to Ralph Kruger is saying goodbye to Taylor Hall. And is that okay? Because it at least makes the decision harder. It would still be a yes for me that you got to move on from the coach. You're not going to be held hostage by Taylor Hall. But that... That makes the decision a little tougher. That you've got one of the one of the most talented players in the entire team right now. You might be automatically kissing him goodbye if you were to fire Ralph Kruger tomorrow. Just throwing that out there. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. Tom is next up on the nightcap. What's up, Tom?
2: Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? All right.
1: Yep. Go ahead, man.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean. We can go back to the Jack thing. I mean first of all I don't think Kruger is a good coach but um, he, he's not really getting any results out of the players but at the same time if we go back to Jack I mean I think he has too much to it. I think that might be part of the problem because I think uh, he's a little too like powerful as far as like what he wants making him happy and, and he is kind of the constant variable that's been here through all these different coaches and different players and it was like well get some good players around jack and then we did that and like you know that didn't really work out so you know a lot of great players you know they make other players around them better it seems like we're always looking somebody to, to help jack but at the same time you know make him happy and i think the coaches get scared the management gets scared because they don't want to lose him but at the same time has he ever really wanted to play here has he ever really shown the passion to like want to be here and win a cup you know i mean that was supposed to be the goal in the beginning is winning a the cup that's what Pagula said you know so I just think he has a little too much power, and if he doesn't want to be here, then, then maybe trade Jack, you know? I mean, if, if he's the constant variable in all this, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly leaves, wins a Cup, you know? Even got Zach Bogosian, he goes and wins the Cup, you know? So, but I don't know, I'll hang up and, and hear what you got there.
1: Yeah, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call, Tom. I mean, of course, he's got passion to win and to win the Stanley Cup. You see him last year? How mad he would get after losing? The most famous picture of this playoff draw right now might be Jack Eichel winding up to, th- to break his stick over the post. Last season, after a loss. And he did that a bunch. He fought Joel Erickson Eck out of frustration. Jack Eichel. Or at least he tried to. He's been... He's shown the frustration. That, to me, is a guy who's Driven. Just because it hasn't worked doesn't mean that he hasn't wanted to make it work. And does he make other players better? I guess I can't definitively say that answer is yes. For a long time, I thought Sam Reinhardt was a product of Jack Eichel. And then, when you really look into his numbers away from Eichel, in a much more limited sample size, but there's enough there to look at, he's... Relatively the same player, so I can't guess. I say he makes Reinhardt better. Olafson, I mean, I guess he he do, does on the power play, but I think Olafson is what he is. I think Olafson's an awful five on five player that's going to get you power play goals. That's that's basically what he is. Um, so I'm not sure he makes Olafson better. I mean, that's that's not a terrible point, but he produces. He goes out there and he produces. And at the end of the day, he carries his weight and then some, to me. He has easily been this team's best player since he got here. And to put any blame on him, to me, is just nonsense. Because if you put Jack Eichel on the Bruins tomorrow, they're going to win. And they'll be better for it. Don't don't make the same mistake that you made with Ryan O'Reilly. We all thought O'Reilly's bad attitude was infectious. And it was part of the problem. But really, what we saw was all Ryan O'Reilly's bad attitude was was a result of the losing, which spin it the other way, it's passion, it's competitiveness, it's frustration. And that's what you want. When you're this bad for this long, you should have that. It's human nature. If you don't have that, you've got a problem because you've got a guy then that doesn't care if they're not upset. And Eichel's shown that. And you did it with O'Reilly. You moved O'Reilly. You blamed someone. Everyone wanted to blame someone at the top of the roster, including me, to some extent. I didn't want them to trade him, but... I wasn't, like, banging the drum for them to not do it. I was fine with it. But what they traded Ryan O'Reilly. They blamed someone at the top of the roster who had produced. Because it's, oh, we've been bad. He's been a constant. He's supposed to be a leader. Must be his fault. Nah. The guys at the top are not the problem. You only have two lines that can basically play in the NHL. Start there. With your problem. 803-0550 is the phone number. We will hear some of Kevin Adams when we come back. Show up the Bulldog playback. Some of that in the last hour. There was a few minutes left, about five or six minutes. We'll play some of that when we return. Uh, you can check the whole thing out, by the way, at WGR550.com and the Radio.com app. Also, to your calls when we come back on the Nightcap on Joe, with Jody Biasi here on WGR.